Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 25 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today, we're talking about the chase for 62 home runs. I am Joe Morata, joined by, in the starting lineup, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Hiya. Ready to play ball? Let's play ball. Let's play some ball, folks. Thank you for uh, joining our game here today, if you will. It's game time. We have some stuff on deck to talk about. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop with the puns now. Uh, I'm sure that everyone's (laughs) turned it off by this point. If you're still with us, thank you very much. Maybe you need a relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you guys so much for being with us here for episode 25 of Acid Wash Memories. If this happens to be your first time joining us, we have 24 other episodes available. Where, Quinn? In the archives. In the archives. All different topics. Each week is something completely different. The one thing that it has in common is it's old. All old crap. That's what like, we t- that's what we old crap. <laughs> you coined that last week, right? Crap. Old crap. That's what we talk about here. Yeah. And if you want to talk about it with us in the internet, you can do that at AWM Podcast on Twitter. Follow us there. And if you have a Facebook still, why don't you join our group? It's called Acid Wash Memories on Facebook. Join the group, we'll let you in, and then you can talk about the old crap with a bunch yeah. of other people. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about some yeah. old crap. Today we're talking about a time in nineteen ninety eight in the world of baseball. Our first sports related episode is a Sports. Sports. Gotta have the sports. Mike Francesa was riding high. Oh, he was getting the sports anyway that he could. What are you talking about? We're talking about when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were both chasing after the Major League Baseball home run record. The home run record in Major League Baseball is the one number that everybody knows from any sport. And for any baseball fans out there, you would probably recognize this as a very memorable time. Whether you Mm -hmm. liked it or not, you would know it's memorable. Quinn, you and I were both watching baseball in 1998. Yeah. Uh, for a little background here, Quinn and I are both Yankee fans. We're from New Jersey. Yankee just, fans like ourselves. Yes, yes. Yankee fans like ourselves. Even we were invested, or at least I was. I don't want to speak for you. Were you? Yeah, I was I was watching this. The Yankees were good, so I this was like kind of like a sideshow. Icing on the cake, maybe. Right, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, that. I'm like, nobody's paying attention to the Cubs or the Cardinals. That's true. They were both uh, kind of on the fringe of contendership yeah, at that point. This was really helping them, yeah. this, this home run chase. It really was. And it was all over the baseball world, and it was actually crossed over into the pop culture for a period of time, especially in the summer of 1998. 62. Crisis. There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard. Official card of Major League Baseball and believer that records were made to be broken. Those of you that are familiar with baseball, even on a cursory level, you probably know how this turned out. And we're not here to unravel a mystery. What we're here to do is recap why it mattered, what it did for baseball, and kind of shake up some memories that you might have had if you were watching in 1998. Uh, By the way, for those of you on the other side of the pond or down in Australia and New Zealand where... You know, you don't have baseball as commonly as we do. you ask me, what's baseball? No, but what I will say, no, no. I would say to find the answer to that question, just kill a week of your life and watch Ken Burns baseball. It is a good documentary. You'll find out. It is played everywhere. In parks and playgrounds and prison yards. Although it touches more on like the like weird, like how it 
plays into America. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's, not, it's, not like about the game. <laughs> let, let me put it this way. If you've never seen Ken Burns baseball, it's very, uh, the pace is very leisurely. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like anything Ken Burns, yeah, right? It's right. like you turn it on to do something else. <laughs> like, well, well, it's like watching baseball actually. Yeah, yeah pretty much uh, more like slow burn. But it is Rick very. Burns is pretty good though. His brothers good. don't 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 uh, no, sleep the, on Rick. I like the Burn brothers. Yeah, they're fine. But it's a very comprehensive history of baseball. So if you're not interested in baseball, you're probably not interested in this episode. So we apologize for that. But hey, we're doing it because someone on the group uh, not long ago brought it up, and not that we were taking requests specifically, but it was Connor McGrath, who's mm-hmm. been a friend of ours uh, on from OVP, our other show, for a long time now. He mentioned it, and I saw that. I'm like, huh? You know what, Quinn? That's a good idea. It is. Let's talk about baseball. So, Quinn, this is about the home run record. So, naturally, I have to ask you, what's a record? Well, a record is, it's usually in a book somewhere or written down. It's it's some number, maybe, or some line to cross, maybe some some speed to go or an amount to hit a ball, perhaps, like this. Like a home run. Yeah. So, in in a home run, what's a home run, right? Well, a home run, you know, in baseball, you have the three bases and home plate. And a home run is any condition which makes for you where there's no error involved, where you go all around the bases and come home. Normally, this is accomplished by hitting it over the fence. Right, but you, there's also inside the park home yes, run. They're the very rare. rare. The, the rare. The rare. <laughs> where you hit the ball and like just everyone fails yeah. utterly to like get the ball back yes. to get you out. And it does count. It does count as a home run. He is on his way. This might happen. He's going to third. He's getting waved home. Sam Haggerty scores on an inside the park home run. Now, the home run chase of 1998, it made for exciting baseball, uh, even if you weren't a fan of the Cubs or Cardinals. I think we can both agree on that. I really felt like, because I loved 1998 for baseball because of the Yankees, I really feel like that added a lot, though, to the aura, to the mistake. It felt like baseball was back Yes, that year. Well, I mean, there had been a downtime in the yep, 90s, yes. Which we will talk about. And home runs in general are probably the most exciting part of a ball game. Maybe other than like if someone steals home, which is very rare. Or when you go to get a hot dog, that's really exciting. That, that is, you know, or maybe you use the toilet. They use the facilities. I've been in... Although not not at old Yankee Stadium. That's not good. I spent like three innings, you know, in an old Yankee Looking Stadium Looking for one bathroom. that's acceptable yeah, it's at not the old good. one. And it wasn't acceptable. Yeah. It was just the best there was. But anyway, baseball obviously has been around since the 1800s, post-war, post-Civil War, mm-hmm. that is. And we're not going to get too deep into yeah, the weeds. Yeah, it's as old as the Civil War, though. It, that, I, it pretty I much think is. that's like why... I think that's why America holds its records in such high esteem because it's like the oldest, it's thought of as like the oldest sport or yeah. whatever. And for a long period of time, it was known as the most popular sport in America. Football had since supplanted it. And baseball, the National League and the American League, they started at different times. The the National League started first. That's why it's the senior circuit. And the first home run record in 1876 was held by George Hall of the Philadelphia Athletics. Yeah, him. And his total, Quinn? Five. Wow. It's five Well, you got to start somewhere, you right? you got to start somewhere. <laughs> I, you know, I always imagined that like home runs were just not as common back in the olden times. They were like Because also the fields weren't like regulated. Who the hell knows how far you had hit it? There was a lot of different uh, rule changes that were implemented over time. And really, the modern era of baseball is not considered to have started until 1901 when the American League joined and then they right. had the World Series after that. But in 1884, Ned Williamson of the Chicago White Stockings, as oh, they used not to be even known. Socks yet? No, they were still wearing stockings. What year is this? 1884. Yeah, and until we get to the 1900s, it's, 
you know, the, the, the names aren't there There's yet. Things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he hit, though, 27 home runs. 27. Okay, that's pretty good, that's actually. Quite a leap. Like, that's, that is a leap. That's a leap. What, 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 who's the guy who hit six, like, the next year? Because I guarantee you that happened. <laughs> it probably did. Every year they were breaking the record. They, they were, exactly. But in 1919, as we get closer to the live ball era, which I'll explain shortly, a man uh, who was also a pitcher a star pitcher for the Boston Red Sox and a very respected slugger starting around this time named George Herman Ruth for the Boston Red Sox. He hit 29 home runs. And Quinn, I might be going out on a limb here, but would you say that George Herman Ruth is the Babe Ruth of baseball? Yeah, he's definitely the Babe Ruth of baseball. Right? He, yeah. Like if anyone's Absolutely, the Babe Ruth. Yeah, if anyone's the Babe Ruth, it's Babe Ruth. Right. Like, <laughs> so obviously you guys probably have heard the name Babe Ruth. He, he's always, to, okay, so like I, with the joke, if you, yes. again, across the pond, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Right. Like the joke is always like in every sport in America, who's the Babe Ruth of this sport, right? Yeah. Because Babe Ruth is like the original like star athlete, unbeatable, like why is he so good? Like larger it, than life yeah like baseball like he's just insanely talented at baseball also he just doesn't look like it which i always thought was funny yeah, it was very good <laughs> he was like one of the best pitchers of his time yeah too, that's for a period of distra- time. It's, so in in modern terms like michael jordan yeah right wayne gretzky, wayne for gretzky or something like babe yeah. ruth was this in like the 20s yeah right literally his mighty bat was the magnet that drew the crowds that bat, the terror of major league pitchers, had won him all that the nation could offer. But he was so good that his records were like hard to beat for like 50 years. He right? had like a, a, a scoreless inning record for pitching that wasn't beaten until like much, much later. Yeah, that's and that's what that's why it's like he's so like he's just ingrained, right? Yeah. He's like set in stone. It's like even if you break his records, it's not like people forget about Babe Ruth. No, right? no They're one like, forgets. He's kind of like. If you want to be like a superstar, you got to break his records, right? right? And he uh, he slugged 29 home runs there for the Red Sox of the American League. And I mentioned the live ball era. Now, this is generally regarded by the baseball smarty pants to have started around 1919, 1920. What does this mean? I always get confused with this. Because it isn't very descriptive or intuitive. Up until around this time that we're talking about, there were a few things uh, in terms of strategy that were played differently. There was a lot of emphasis on small ball tactics, mm-hmm. you know, which like Billy Martin would later bring back, you know, like bunting, bunting and stuff, yeah. sa- sacrifices and, uh, you know, squeezes, suicide squeeze and safety so squeeze. People were just like trying that. to irk out runs. They weren't like trying to blow them out with home right. runs. They were irking, Quinn. Yeah. Very irk. Yeah. So much irk. Just barely getting this guy over the plate. Exactly. <laughs> but hey, a run is a run, right? Yeah. And one of the things that happened is uh, they started to make rule changes regarding the baseball itself. In 1910, it was changed from like a, a much harder, uh, more durable ball to a corked center, and that allowed it to travel further, or so they say. Well, that might help with the home run. That might help. And another thing that they did is they started replacing the ball more frequently within the game because it would get very dirty, scuffed up. The trajectory would change. Well, when this it was has hit. to do. There was some incident, right, where where the the ball had gotten so scuffed up that somebody got. Got, like hit in the head because they didn't even like see it because it was it was a night game yeah and he got killed and he got killed and they were like oh and then it just became a rule like it has to change like every pitch it get, just get like they were like we're not taking that chance anymore yep and that's one of the things that they did so the ball was easier to see but also the strategy just started to change they started to move away from the small ball tactics and try to hit for power try to hit the home runs so it all kind of congregated I guess best word for it converged. 
You men converged. Around 1920 under a commissioner, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Which yeah, this is, guy. I've always heard this guy's name. And How do you forget it? What was it? He was like a Civil War guy? He, he might have been. I don't, he was like something. He was like some kind of judge or, or something. Honestly, with a name like that, he could be whatever he wants. And it was like some... It was very honorary that he gave. They gave him baseball commissioner too. Yeah, it like oh, was. he seems reputable <laughs> right? <laughs> because it was after the the Black Sox incident. That's what it brought him in. Yeah, correct. And that was the this right like, around. Oh, we got time. a judge now. So <laughs> don't worry, it's on the up and up. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. he's going to keep order around here. The judges would never be corrupt. That never happens ever. It's kind of funny that the, if you think about it, that this was like. <laughs> so outrageous this fixing thing right? oh the black sox scandal yeah I, like, I, Joe. I, yeah i know people like it, it is bad but at the same time it's like i mean the, people were acting like this was the end of the world I mean, or it's something a sport of it's just this is yeah it's just a game at some like, point yeah <laughs> well yeah it is just a game ultimately yeah uh but anyway i had mentioned that uh babe ruth was on the boston red sox in 1919 however he of course Went to the New York Yankees in mm-hmm. 1920. The Yankees at the time were still playing their home games uh, at the Polo Grounds, which they were leasing from the New York Giants. And Babe Ruth, obviously, is one of the big reasons that the Yankees moved to their own stadium in the it Bronx. It was a draw. Yeah, the house that Ruth built. Put the butts in the seats. Put those butts in the seats. And in his first year in 1920 on the Yankees, he hit 54 home Jeez. runs. Yeah, there you go. Talk about an improvement from 29. I bet you that was like the best trade ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, regarded as the best trade ever. I think the Red Sox might disagree with that. I, <laughs> I mean, he went from hitting 20-something to hitting 50-something the next year when he goes to the other team. And in 1921, the following season, he hit 59 home runs. Jeez. And then finally, in a fantastic year for the Yankees, 1927, where they have Gehrig and a bunch of people. Murderer's Row. Murderer's Row. See, you know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. Quinn. He hit 60 home runs in 1927. It's insane. It was insane. No one had done it. Although and, it was kind of just old hat for him. At the, he's just hitting a couple more every year. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it was just a, a gradual increase there. Now, it's well known, again, amongst baseball fanatics, that this was in a 154-game season. Mm -hmm. That was the amount of games that they played per season at the time due to the number of teams and the number of times they would play each other. now, which is? 162. Right. Now, that began in 1961. So, 1927, the record was set by Babe Ruth, 60 home runs, and it stood this whole time. That's 34 years later. In 1961, it was the first year of the new... 162 game season. This was due to some expansion teams that had joined the leagues and they needed to play more games. Minnesota has twins and the whole state is celebrating. On the New York Yankees, who were hot throughout the 40s and 50s, obviously, going into the 60s, their star player was Mickey Mantle. I don't give a shit about the hair. Let's get this over with, all right? Sorry. He was the successor in center field to the big star after Babe Ruth, Jolton Joe DiMaggio. I'm going to show you how to make the best cup of coffee you ever tasted in just seconds with Mr. Coffee, automatic drip coffee maker. These just happen to be Yankees, folks. I know there's other people, but this matters. That the we're record talking seems to revolve around the Yankees. Right. That's the reason why we're talking about this them. particular record. Should we this say? record? So Mickey Mantle was a great slugger mm-hmm. and all around a five tool player. But his teammate, Roger Maris, was also a very good player. He was a right fielder. Like so many ball players, Roger Maris is a camel smoker. Even though he's only been smoking a few years, Maris says he's tried a lot of different cigarettes looking for what he wanted, but he stopped looking when he started smoking camels. Roger Maris had hit 39 home runs in 1960, and Mantle had hit 40. Seems kind of like unfair that one team has two people that this happened with the Yankees in 27. Kind of crazy, right? Ruth and Garrick. Yeah. 
as we get underway here and the season goes on, the 162-game season, Roger Maris had hit 59 home runs after the 154th game. Hmm. Commissioner at the time, Ford Frick. There's another name. Yeah, <laughs> they but, never have normal names. Yeah, what, what was that guy? What was that guy? Faye from the, Vincent. Faye Vincent. Yeah, that. What was the guy in the 90s too? Bud Selig. But yeah, like who are they? Where do they find these guys? <laughs> the names are great though. What is it like a prerequisite to have like a weird name? It's, it's never just like Pete Johnson. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? It's like what is it now? Manfred well, or something? Like yeah, Rob Manfred. Yeah. But wasn't there also Happy Chandler? Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I swear they just do this on purpose. <laughs> Kennesaw Mountain Landis. That's the best name ever. Yeah. Someone, one Is of it our just fa- in the tradition of him, like you have to have like some name that doesn't sound conventional. I, I would love it. I mean, it. it's the same thing like in football with Paul Tagliabue. Yeah. I, that always like made me. F- That's a chuckly name. I was always like, why? Now, where Ford- do, again, where do they find these people? <laughs> Listen, Ford Frick, you could say that he gave a Frick about the record because uh, he was a friend of Babe Ruth's. Mm. And he had said uh, that there was going to be two separate records listed if Maris broke it after 154. There would be the 154 season record held by Babe Ruth and the 162 game season record held by Roger it's Maris. Bull crap. It, it kind of is. And Who cares? <laughs> he gave a frick, like I said. Now, the thing about this is, and obviously we don't know this from experience. We weren't there in 61. I doubt anyone listening yeah. was honestly watching baseball in 61 and cognizant of it. But anyway, Roger Maris did not have the goodwill that Mickey Mantle did. You know, they were teammates. They weren't rivals. They were friends. And we're sitting around talking around the pool, and Roger's telling me how great of, you know, he was really an all-around athlete. He was a great football player in Fargo, and baseball and basketball and I guess he's a great swimmer I can't even swim but I told him I was the Oklahoma State champion and I'd like to race him across Turley's pool but Mickey Mantle was the beloved Yankee he had come up through the system he was the star if you will yeah Roger Maris came in on a trade he had only been there I think a year at that point kind of like when like in the modern standards kind of like when the Yankees had Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez yeah. but like nobody really liked Alex Rodriguez even though he's like kind of better at home runs all, and all around player yeah, yeah. probably was for People a long like, we time. don't care Derek Jeter is was here first exactly and that was kind of the thing they ran into Mickey Mantle was beloved he had been there since 51 he played with Joe DiMaggio for a season Roger Maris is this newcomer and he's got an introverted personality he's not the gee golly Oklahoma boy that Mm -hmm. Mickey Mantle was so anyway he was getting death threats jeez he was and there wasn't mean It's not nice. You're it's right. It's just a game, folks. It is just a game. Honestly. It's just, just a game. It's just, just a game, just a folks. Game. Uh, it's professional, <laughs> but it's a professional game. It is a game. And honestly, there wasn't a lot of um, public support for Roger Maris to break the record the way you would imagine that there would be. Plus, Babe Ruth was the one that held the record. So amongst Yankee fans, like, well, we, we love Babe Ruth. It kind of hurts both ways, right? It's like now you got two guys on your own team yeah. breaking the record of another guy from your own team. Right. Like, what? where do I go? Like, if you're a fan, like, what is what is happening? I know. What do I do? It was pretty crazy. Uh, and Mickey Mantle had, I think he got injured or slightly injured. Towards the end of the season, he wound up finishing with 54. Mm-hmm. Still a very great number. But on the very last game of the 1961 season, October 1st, 61, Roger Maris, very fittingly against the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> the endless, like, the Boston Red Sox always get the screw yeah. every time. Until 2004 yeah. when they royally screwed us. Yeah. He hit his 61st record-breaking home run. There's two famous calls of this one. One of them is by Red Barber, who did the TV, and he sounds about as excited as a car wash. 
There it is. And Phil Rizzuto was doing radio, and he was already an announcer by 61, you know, since the late 50s. That was around forever. I know. <laughs> His call is the most notable one. They're going to be dumped in here, obviously. Here's the windup. Fastball hits. He's the right. It could be it. Way back there. Holy cow. But they always superimpose his over the TV footage because Red Barber's like, there it is. And <laughs> Phil Rizzuto. Holy cow. You know, doing the Phil Rizzuto bit. Holy cow. Yeah, holy cow. One way or another, Roger Maris hit 61 home runs in a 162-game season. And there was always this rumor that there was an asterisk. But there never was. It was just recognized as two different records. This happens every time a record's broken. They were very like, defensive about like, this one. Everyone always is. You know, they're always on the fan. It's like, oh, you know, dog, I don't know if this is real record. Dog is a record. The record's a record. You know, whatever yeah. the case is. Anyway, as the Sixers go on, something happened where we saw a rise in pitching dominance. And so much so that the average ERA drastically fell, which you wanted to. Again, if you're not familiar with baseball, you want your ERA for pitchers to be low. Yeah. And it was it was common to see ERAs for the season under three, which is na- crazy. Nowadays, if you're under four, it's considered it's good. earned run average. Right. So. It's the amount of runs that you're responsible so for. So pitchers were giving up under three runs on average. Per game. Yeah. Per nine innings. Home run totals were not approaching the 50s or 60s, definitely not, during the 1960s. And this is like the era post after this, like Nolan Ryan and stuff. He would like, come in yeah, in the yeah, 60s. Yeah. And Bob Gibson. I mean, there were a lot of Sandy Koufax right. and Whitey Ford. A so lot of dominant clearly pitching. This, this record wasn't being broken for no, a bit. No. Right? And part of the uh, the thing that even baseball themselves, the leagues did, to try to increase the excitement and thus, you know, generate ticket sales. So that's, it. So that's the thing I just want to point out to people is whenever we're in a pitching era, people are like... Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's just so boring as, to watch. As like, much as like a baseball fan is going to appreciate the craft of a pitching duel. The they ca- always say that, but then no <laughs> one cares. Like the ratings go. Like I always like when I was like really deep, like ba- I was watching like every game and all this, they'd always be like, oh, so, you know, so much respect, pit, respect, respect, respect for the pitchers, blah, blah, blah. And like everyone's like bored and leaves. <laughs> like it's just like no, nobody wants to watch that. Let's can we just like take that veil off or whatever well, like i i just because it's it's obvious i like a pitcher's duel in a playoff game where yeah, in a playoff, i don't want that on on regular in july, yeah, in july <laughs> like who cares right like, you want to see home runs it's more exciting it's than seeing the, a strikeout it's when all the average folk show up you right. know and that's what it, that's exactly what they're trying to get is the folk yeah you want folk. they want folk in there you want folk right folk so in 1968 in the offseason after the 68 season the strike zone was reduced because it had been to like the bottom of the knees and the top of the shoulders. So you can't get your strike so easy anymore. Yeah. And they uh, lowered the pitcher's mound from 15 inches to 10 inches to okay. try to give a little bit of an advantage. And the American League ramped it up with the uh, introduction of the designated hitter rule in 1973. What this does is give people like financial incentive <laughs> to become hitters, right? Like, yep. it's the, like it's like, let's just find the best ones, right? Yes, absolutely. And not only that, it also allows uh, the American League teams to have an actual hitter in their lineup instead of the pitcher hitting. See, 
I know people like are against the, the DH purist, or what, the purists, the purists or whatever. And it's always amusing to see the the the, the pitcher bat or whatever. But like, it is fun. Like when Bartolo Colon hit a home run. Yeah, it's like stupid or whatever. It was like forty eight of the year. Oh. He drives one deep left field. Back goes Upton. Back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has done it. The impossible has happened. But all at the same time, not everyone's <laughs> Babe Ruth. Okay, no, like, let's only just, Babe Ruth let's is just, Babe Ruth. Let's just be real here. Just like, it's like embarrassing. You're not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah, well, I'm not going to. It's it's embarrassing, right? You you watch this and you, this guy that is like wearing a coat comes up and you're like, what what is happening? Chang Ming Wong like breaks his foot running the bases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes they they break something and then you lose a pitcher for the whole season. Yeah. It's like what who wants this? Right? I know. And if hey, if you're a National League uh, no DH purist. We understand. It's I get, okay. No, and I get it. It's like, okay. It's like the original rules or whatever. Yes. But this always felt like an enhancement. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like a refinement. A or feature, what it, not a bug. Yeah, not not something to get all mad about. <laughs> right? eh? I agree. I agree. It's like we're just we're just taking the easy out out of the game. Exactly. Uh, throughout the seventies, new stadiums popped up. Uh, not great ones, you know the the concrete donuts they call them, but a lot of astroturf. Right. And teams started building uh, around pitching, which resulted in a rise of stolen bases, and the ball traveled faster on the astroturf stadium. So again, we're not really focusing on the home run. Although there were there were guys like. Henry Aaron, you ever hear yeah. Hank Aaron? Yeah, him. Uh, Willie Mays, another slugger, he hit 52 home runs mm-hmm. in 1965. And for 35 years, no one even approached 50. That's crazy. Just to give you an idea of how tight this record was that Roger Maris had. Now, there were sluggers that hit in the 40s. Uh, Carl Yastrzemski, Harman Killebrew, Mike Schmidt, Jim Rice, Jesse Barfield, just to name a few. It was happening. It was just not the record. Right. And in 1987, Quinn, those of you keeping track, 87, a rookie for the Oakland Athletics by the name of Mark McGuire hit 49 home runs in his rookie year. Very impressive. Very impressive. So who is Mark McGuire? I don't know! He was born in 1963 in Pomona, California, the son of a dentist, if you're curious. Uh, And he had played 18 games for the A's in 1986, but his first full year was 87. And he was part of a very exciting Oakland lineup for the late 80s, early 90s with Jose Canseco. Mm-hmm. They were the Bash brothers. Uh, they had Ricky Henderson for very most bashy. of that. A lot of Bash. They had Dave Henderson also. Terry Steinbeck. Great team. But uh, it's the Oakland A's, so everyone will just take all those players, right? Well, eventually they did, but the A's were good. They <laughs> yeah, were no, good, man. It's just it's like the reputation of the A's. That I know. They'll, they'll, they'll find all these people, and then every team just picks, picks them apart. But they were they were uh, one of the top teams. Yeah, and Mark McGuire, their first baseman, was an all star for his rookie year, eighty seven, straight through to ninety two. Rookie, rookie, and again would later be an all star from ninety five to two thousand. So Mark McGuire, we have that. Seems like a talented man. Yes, he does, and a good at the baseball, and a good slugger at the baseball. It's a new Oakland team record for home runs in a single season, breaking Reggie Jackson's record. Meanwhile, in nineteen ninety. The Detroit Tigers Cecil Fielder finally somebody hits 51 home oh, runs. Thank goodness. So as the 90s approach and people are starting to get beefier here, hmm, 51 home runs is Yeah, hit. this beef factor seems some to be beef. seems to be playing into There's some beef right? in the like 80s it's and finally, 90s. It's finally leveling the playing field. It is, the isn't pitchers it? are kind of dominating. Yeah. And in 1993 Juan Gonzalez and Barry Bonds each hit 46 home wow. runs. So we're getting there. 
1994, there was a strike. The moment finally came. Baseball has bowed out. It was like a long-suffering friend who you knew was going to die, and while there was sadness in the passing, there was also a sense of relief as the fat lady has sung for this Kevorkian-esque baseball season. This. This was, as a baseball fan, uh, if, if you're interested, I was a Yankee fan since I was five years old. 1990, 91, I started watching. They sucked ass. So yeah. I, was, I was not some kind of, oh, they're I'd good, watch so I'm going to watch. I'd be like, this is yeah. so boring. Right. Like, they, they, <laughs> let's watch them lose. You were in the same boat as me. <laughs> yeah. And so I was not a front runner. My dad's favorite team was the Yankees. So naturally, mine was Quinn with his grandmother. Same type of thing. Uh, so the Yankees were pretty good in 93, but in 1994, so many great things were happening in baseball. It was a great year, but there was always this threat of a strike the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the Montreal Expos, who were an expansion team from the 70s and had never won anything, they held, at the time of the strike, the best record in baseball by far. Yes. Here's the thing, though. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to rain on that parade too much. Don't rain. But isn't it usually like down the stretch, like record, like whatever? The, they were the, great. The, I know they were great. They were going to hold. But we, who could who could say that, though, right? I mean. It was them or Atlanta, but I mean, they were ahead of I mean, Atlanta. Baseball's notorious for collapses at the, at, the, at the closing stretch. 100%. Right? Uh, the Yankees had the best record in the AL. They were in first place for the first time since I'd been watching. Yeah. Tony Gwynn of the Padres had a 394 average and was actually like threatening to hit 400, which no one had done right. in forever since Ted Williams. And all of it didn't matter. All of it didn't matter because on August 12th, 1994, after 114 games of the season, the uh, players officially went on strike. We're not going to get into the nitty-gritty, but the cause, as it always is, is related to money. Mm-hmm. It always is. It's not about manners or professionalism. Yeah. It's about money. Also, the, like, agreements and stuff the owners with, like, licensing the, stuff and shit. Well, the MLBPA, yeah. yeah. But the owners wanted the salary cap implemented. It was a whole thing involving money. Yeah. Uh, and you could take whatever side you want. The bottom line is, after August 12th, 94, there was no baseball. Now, wasn't this strike ultimately, like, while it was bad for baseball at the time, it was a positive for like the game in I don't general, know. like for like. Just, I, I just mean just just in general, getting like this money crap ironed out and stuff like that. It was a lot of stuff that had been kind of simmering for years and years and years. I mean, it's possible it did not do any favors in terms of goodwill, though. Yeah. from the fans towards baseball. Oh for no, the first few it didn't. Years, you know, it didn't. I'm just I'm just saying as far as the the, the players getting a, a fair a little bit of a fairer shake. I, I really don't know enough to yeah. answer that truthfully. Yeah. Uh, I do know that the World Series and the playoffs were canceled for the first time since the beginning of the 1900s. I do know that Matt Williams of the San Francisco Giants had 43 home runs with 47 games left to play. Right. So he had a decent crack at hitting 60-something. A mm-hmm. crack at it. I also know that, amusingly, Dave Winfield uh, was traded from the Twins to the Indians in the offseason for dinner. Because the, he the, the tra- only in baseball, Joe. The trade, uh, like that. You know, that's part of my favorite part about baseball is that <laughs> trades can trades like there's no like they could be for anything. Yes, like it's so weird. It's like the weirdest shit. It's like, great because he was supposed to be traded for a player named later, which happens. You know what I mean? Where they it's always like, say that, right? But because of the strike, 
the the Indians executives took the Twins executives out, and to like settle the trade, the Indi- a Sizzler, the Indians paid for the salad bar. I yeah. guess yeah, the, someone's prime rib, yeah. some jerk off's prime rib is what Winfield got traded for. Real valuable player, <laughs> which he is. I know that's why it's he was funny. Old by then too. Yeah. Anyway. The uh, the strike continued on, and WWF gloated about this, which I just wanted to mention because Quinn had a very funny rant about it once. So, I hate that they think they're baseball. Overseas have never been. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Fuck off. The World Wrestling Federation. Our season never ends. So uh, finally, uh, as spring happened, they did decide to finally settle this shit. Now, they had had replacement players in spring training and things, and uh, I remember, do you remember the replacement players? I remember seeing that on the news and watching the game, like, who the hell are these people? Right, they were going to get scabs, right? They did. Some fans braved the weather to take part in this replacement game. The players on both sides about ready to go. How long did this last? Not very. Not yeah. very before they settled. But <laughs> It's like, who are these people? Uh, so in the 95 season, uh, the strike was resolved on April 2nd, 95, and they reduced the uh, schedule that year to 144 games. Okay. One of the things that happened, though, is the average attendance declined by 20% from the previous year. Yikes. Uh, and like I said, an overall loss of goodwill towards both the players and the owners. They were getting jeered. People were just bitching at them. They would go to the stands and throw shit. People were mad that their beloved national pastime was taken away from them uh, in the midst of a very exciting 1994 season. Uh, but even with all that going on in 95, Albert Bell, who was a slugger for the Indians, he hit 50 home runs in Whoa. a 144-game season. Oh. Albert Beef Bell. The Beef. The Bell Beefer. And the following year, in 1996, Mark McGuire of the Oakland Athletics, yes, he hit 52 home runs. Oh, we're inching. We're inching. In 1997, Mark McGuire hit 58 home runs. Oh. And I remember that because... I was very into the home run hitters and sluggers. You know, like Tino was probably our best home run hitter in '97 that year. Record, though. No, he was hitting like 40 or something, yeah. 40 something. But you know, I, we had at least one real yeah. true slugger. You know, right. when, when Strawberry was playing, he was okay. I feel like 40 is the generic like he did good number. It's like the baseball. Curtis Granderson number. Yeah, it's like oh, that, that's a lot of home runs. Like, right? it's, like it, but it's because it's like t- still 20 away from the record. Nobody yeah. really cares. But like, no one's gonna ever complain about 40. It, it's like something. Thing they happily say in the playoffs when you get to the when you yeah, get to right. the, hey, that guy hit 40 uh, <laughs> it's good it's pretty, pretty good pretty good yeah so close for mcguire 97 but no dice but with the 1998 season getting underway people were speculating about mark mcguire who by the way was traded to the cardinals mid-season in 97 hmm. so now he switched leagues or Ken Griffey Jr. possibly breaking the record. Interesting. Yes, because Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, of, of Ken Griffey Jr. baseball yes, fame. Yes, a fantastic Super Nintendo game. Yes. Uh, he was born in 1969. Nice. And he was the son, believe it or not, of Ken Griffey Sr. Yes, uh, another ball player. A very respected one, too, yes. for Yankees and the Big Red Machine of the 70s. So Ken Griffey Jr., or Jr. as he was known as, uh, broke in in 1989 at the age of 20. And what was great is they traded his dad to the Mariners in 90 and 91. So yeah, they got to be on the same team. Yes, and they even, they played the outfield together, they even hit back-to-back home runs one That's time. Cool. Really yeah. cool. Well hit the center field. Devon White going back. Gone! A two-run home run. And he can still hit anybody's fastball. <laughs> one well to left center field. Dante Bichette. Back to back home runs. 
can these guys do? It's one of those like rare, like the son is is just old enough to play, and the father is yep. kind of nearing the end of his career. Kind yep. of like it was like a very rare situation. Yeah, right? and it was really charming, and yeah. they were on the same team. I just thought it was great. But one thing about Ken Griffey Jr. is he quickly became a superstar. This wasn't, you know, nepotism. He was, you talk about five tool players. Yeah. Plus, he just looked cool. He like, looked cool. He looked 90s. Yeah, he was very 90s. He was 90s in a good way. He wore the backwards hat during batting practice. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. But he loved the game, and you could, he was always smiling. He was having fun playing the game. Mm-hmm. But five tool player, Quinn, as we you know might want to explain for people that don't know, it's where you can hit for average, mm-hmm. for power, uh, you're fast, you know, on base running. You have good throwing ability and just good overall fielding ability. Yes. And Ken Griffey Jr. was excellent at all of these. Yeah. Brave athletes challenge the notion that Kellogg's Frosted Flakes are just for kids. I play for the Mariners, but deep down, I'm a Tiger fan. Oh, go on. Frosted Flakes that the taste adults have grown to love. They're great. He was the franchise of the Seattle Mariners, and they were an expansion team from the 70s as well. And uh, he scored that winning run against the Yankees in yeah. the 1995 ALDS. He also did in 1996 with Ken Griffey Jr.'s <sighs> winning run baseball. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as much as I bemoan that, you know, Matting leads the last game and the ALDS, the yeah. Yankees were up to zip. Uh, that did hey, stink, right? It, it really sucked, but got to give it to the kid. Got to yeah. give it to Seattle that year. And the old one pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on the line. Now the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. He basically, it was known as saving baseball for Seattle, saving the Mariners, you know. Yeah. And the Mariners always were like kind of a threat. Yeah. Like, you, know, you know what I mean? Like On the they, periphery, if they, nothing they else. They were like sort of scary. Yeah, even in the 2000s, like when Lou Pinella managed them, I think it was. It was like Nintendo owned them or something, so it was like, this is weird. <laughs> it is real, but <laughs> Hence, Ken Griffey Jr. Yes, baseball. of course. Uh, so, Ken Griffey Jr. and Mark McGuire were the two people thought to be maybe, possibly have a chance at breaking the home run record, but as we well know, a third face would enter the mix in the 1998 season, and we'll talk all about him and the home run chase of 1998 in just a second here. It's time for our seventh inning stretch. Oh. But we will be back with more Acid Wash memories right after this. You're watching Fox Saturday Baseball Game of the Week. Batting next, Mark McGuire. Did somebody say McDonald's? And you better make that to go. It is a special pleasure for me to introduce our two home run kings for working families in America, Mike McGuire and Sammy Seusser of the White House. Friday, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen come home to TGIF and a brand new comedy. 
From the producers of Full House comes Two of a Kind, ABC premiere Friday at 8, 7 Central. If you loved Kevin James on Everybody Loves Raymond, You're choking me! Then you know why we just had to give him his own show. God, midlife crisis. I don't want one of those. I do. I can't wait for mine. I'm going to get a Harley and a girl who's impressed by Harleys. Kevin James is the King of Queens. Coming this fall to CBS Monday. Sammy Seusser. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. Hey, welcome back to Acid-Washed Memories. Hi, we're here. We're, we're here. Episode we're 25. I just got my peanuts and Cracker Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Do you care if we ever got back? We got back. We, we did. We're here. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying this one. Here, we just figured we'd give you a little baseball talk. You know, we're both baseball fans. Ball and talk. A little... B- we disregard the bases around here. Yeah, it's a little ball talk. Ball talk. Hey, if you're enjoying our ball talk, why don't you go follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and be sure to join our group and talk about your balls uh, with, with other fans of the ball talk. The base variety. But yeah, the, the ba- please, the base yeah. variety. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about the home run chase here of 1998. And where we left off is that Mark McGuire, who had hit 58 in 1997, uh, was one of the contenders. And Ken Griffey Jr. had hit 56 in 1997. Mm-hmm. So both guys realistically, hey... Thing, they, things are happening. They're beef. There's a lot of stuff. Now, Griffey happening. wasn't as beef. Like he wasn't known no. for beef. McGuire was very beef though. By the oh, mid nineties, beefy boy. He, <laughs> that's what that's what they called him sometimes. Beefy boy. The beefy boy. Yeah. yeah. With that said, here the 1998 season gets underway, and uh, by the end of May of '98, Mark McGuire already had 27 home runs. Wow. <laughs> uh, Ken Griffey. Junior when had was this? What, what month? The end of May. Oh my goodness. That's pretty freaking good. What the, the season just barely started. I know. We're like not even near the All-Star break. He hit his home run every game. It, it seemed that way. And Griffey had 19, which is very, very good still for mm-hmm. the end of May. But meanwhile, Sammy Sosa of the Chicago Cubs. Now who's this guy? He Does he, you know, I'm going to say this, one, me asking who's this guy. I think a lot of people were asking, who the hell is this guy, right? Like, because like. A, he's on the Cubs. It's like nobody's. Well, they, they we're we're Yankee fans, so we. Don't, I know, but the Cubs were like notorious losers at this point. Well, they were. They had like Andre Dawson before this, yeah. but uh, Ryan Sandberg. But yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Sammy Sosa, by the way, had thirteen entering June. So you got McGuire at twenty-seven, Griffey at nineteen, and Sammy Sosa with thirteen. And then in the month of June, he hit twenty home <laughs> runs. In the month of June. Well, I don't put him in the conversation. Absolutely. So who is he, though? Okay. Well, he was born in 1968 in the Dominican Republic, and he came up with the Rangers in 89, and the midseason was traded to the Chicago White Sox mm-hmm. uh, from 89 to 91. Then he went across town and uh, went to the Cubs since 92. So the reason Quinn and I are not familiar with him is because he was in the National League since 92, and he wasn't a superstar. And really, interleague play had just started the year before. This is new, yeah. I knew McGuire, and I'm sure you did too, from the A's, because he right. was like a very notable mm-hmm. guy that played against the Yankees. I'd heard of him. So if you weren't a National League fan, you might not have heard of Sammy Sosa. Ball hit well toward left field and very high. Does it make the screen? It does. Home run for Sosa. It's 3-2 to two now. Sammy Sosa, first major league home run for the rookie. You mentioned yesterday, only 20 years old for Sosa, one of the youngest players in the major leagues, and this is something that they think that he'll do quite a bit of as he gets older. 
His uh, career really got rolling in 1993 when he hit 33 home runs. He had a 300 average to close out the 1994 strike-shortened season. He also stole over 20 bases in a lot of those seasons, so right. he was a good player. Never won any awards except uh, number one in strikeouts in 97, if you, if you want to count that. Congratulations. Career fourth all yeah. time in strikeouts. Wow. Incredible. Very good record. Uh, but by the end of June now of 1998, Sosa has tied Ken Griffey Jr., and they each have 33 home runs, and McGuire is leading barely with 37 home runs. Now, the end of June is just a tick before the All-Star break. Everyone here is on pace to break the record. Right. All three of them are on pace wow. at this point. So fast forward to the end of August of 1998. Sosa and McGuire are at 55 each. Jeez. And Griffey with a very, very good, but not enough, 47. Wow. So September is where it got really intense. And this is where throughout throughout August and into September is where it really picked up steam, not just in the sports world, but everywhere. Now, I remember now it started making like the news and they started yeah. like, we interrupt your broadcast or whatever, like this shit's happening, like he <laughs> might do it here, like blah, blah, blah. Like that's what it started to get fucking serious. It started like preempting shit yes. for, for like a Cardinals game. Yeah, they, they, they did at one point. You'd be like, what? The time had come for Sammy and Mac to reunite, this time in St. Louis. It got very intense, and baseball's doing, the MLB is doing this to make money, obviously. They're capitalizing on the interest here. Because, uh, I mean, in terms of the American League, the Yankees were running away with the AL East. The American League was like a foregone conclusion. It was. The Yankees were by far the best team How in baseball. How many games the Yankees ended up winning? 118 or something? 114. 114? Yeah. yeah. Which was a record for a few years. But yeah. September of 98, yeah, on the 5th of September, McGuire had 59 and Sosa had 57. And on that day, Sosa hit his 58th. To Sosa, and he hits it deep to right field. It is gone. Number 58 for slamming Sammy Sosa. And that same day, Mark McGuire became the first person in 37 years to hit 60 home runs. Finally. So he has it's, tied it's done. Ruth. Yeah. Yes. Finally, we're we're even we're approaching. In, we're in that territory now. Would you say we're on the ballpark? Mm-hmm. Stop. You could. I, I would say so. You'd be accurate. Yeah. I said stop. So McGuire's the big favorite here, right? But you got Sammy Sosa chasing. Right behind him. Which, right behind which, him. Which, by the way, can I just say how eerily similar this is to Maris and Mantle? And Mantle? Yeah. Like, how? Like, it is interesting that it wasn't just McGuire by himself going do, after the do record. Do you think, you know, a record like this, maybe some if somebody's close-ish, they might more intentionally try to hit home runs and stop trying to <laughs> hit, hit, hit singles and shit. Without a shadow of a doubt. Right? It 100%. starts to become they're, they're just looking for bombs. Absolutely. Because they know that, you know, I could chase that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, One million percent. Besides, I mean, the Cardinals were, again, they could have still been contenders. It's not like McGuire's going to blow games to try to hit home right. runs. I get that. But the cards were not going to no, they yeah, just weren't going to. be going fair, to. like, notice both of these teams were not in the running, really. So, Cubs are trying to So I to feel be. like it gave an opportunity to both these guys. Their, their, their managers could probably sit and, like, just go. Because the stakes just, are a little yeah, lower. Just go out there and hit homers and bring people into the park. On September 7th, 1998, Mark McGuire tied Roger Maris for 61 home runs. There it goes! 
The very next day, September 8th, 1998, which, by the way, what Quinn was alluding to is Fox, who typically would only really be covering weekend games, and I believe this was a Tuesday, which is weird, Mm -hmm. but they'd be covering weekend games, usually like the top division rivals that were, and I guess the Cubs and Cardinals will qualify, major markets, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, blah, 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 and they wanted this game And Mark McGuire, with Joe Buck on the call, hits number 62 and breaks the record. It's crazy. It's amazing the serendipity of this, Quinn, because if I didn't know better, you'd think this was written by Hollywood. Maguire and Sosa both playing each other in the game where Maguire yep. breaks the record. I remember that, yeah. Sosa runs in from the outfield and hugs the Maguire. Congr- the congrats, yeah. The whole game stops down. You know, Everyone right. is applauding Mark Maguire for doing something that had not been even remotely touched since 1961. What's, what's interesting, too, is so he does this, right? And everyone, congrats, congrats. There's still more games. Like yes. they, they could go higher. Sammy Sosa could get back on top. He could but, still win the race. He yeah, could still be the record still holder. still in it, right? right? And he himself hit 62 on September 13th. There you go. Now, so, so now Sammy Sosa, you know, he's beating the record. Right. The 2-1. Swap on. There she goes. Number 62. Move over, Big Mac. You got company. And they battled closely throughout uh, September, and Sosa winds up hitting a wall at 66 home runs. Now, did Sosa ever hold a lead for a day or anything in this race? If he did, it was literally for a day right? or something like that. It was okay. very brief. I mean, I mean, after they exceeded 62. I think so, but it might have been for like a day, like right. a game or two. But he he's ends the season with 66, which is a shit ton of home runs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, come on. McGuire continued on. And he hit number 69 and 70 in the same game. It's crazy. Against the Expos um, on September 27th. Now, now, once again, losers. Right. And Joe Buck was calling this because he was the Cardinals announcer. Your favorite. At, at the time. I, I don't mind him now. I, I used to hate him. but I used I li- to have such a... I have a greater respect a for him now. with Joe Buck. I, I like him now. But if you ever want to hear Joe Buck with emotion in his voice prior to the 2010s, uh, listen to his call for number 70 from McGuire. You're going to have to because I'm going to dump it in here. First and third, two out. Oh! In the field, number 70! How much more can you give us, Big Mac? Number 70! So Mark McGuire not only breaks the record, he breaks it by nine home runs. Crazy. 70! Right. I don't think anyone predicted that going in here. Maybe now, 63, now, you know. This, the, the fact that he broke it by this much, right? Yes, I when, already remember people starting to, you know, ask questions and, oh, yeah. Is this on the up and up? And the, blah, blah. It was already brewing this because was, people couldn't 
take it that, oh, we broke it by this much, right? Well, that's the thing, is this was already being mentioned throughout the season. Right. Is he on the steroids? That? The S word? Is he on creatine? Like, what is this guy doing? Or some other substance that nobody's ever heard of. Right. And of course... Stacker 2. I don't Stacker know. 2. Maybe yeah. even Stacker 1. Yeah. It's very rare. <laughs> yeah, Stacker 1.0 because it was before <laughs> Stacker 2. Now you're talking. Stacker 2. It's the world's strongest fat burner. Capiche? We'll come back to that point there. But yes, that was definitely in Stacker the air. Stacker 2. Stacker 2. God, remember that stuff. <laughs> I they certainly do. shut up about it. <laughs> now, did Stacker 3 ever come out? Is what I, I want to know. It must have, yeah, right? Be. Uh, be How do you make Stacker 2 and not make Stacker 3? You got to follow it up. But 1998... In general, what a season for baseball. Not only did we have the home run chase, David Wells threw a perfect game mm-hmm. while hungover. Kerry Wood struck out 20, which was is tied the record. Uh, the Yankees swept everyone in the playoffs. 140 Most games, winning, won the World Series. Winningest team ever. Yeah, until like oh what, like, what? You know what's crazy is that the league is vast enough that all these things could happen in one season. Like that one team could win this. So many, like more games than ever. Yes. What, some two guys can can, can, can be both breaking break the home, the home record. record. Yeah. You got the strikeout records and, and, and all this bullshit, right? Not only that, perfect game, perfect game from Wells. What is even happening right now? It was now? a hell of a season. The debut of the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the mm-hmm. time, the two new expansion teams. That was that year. And Cal Ripken took himself out of the lineup and ended his. God, that was streak. this season too. Ended the streak. Yeah, yeah. Not broke the streak. Which, but. if you're if you're like the streak, what what streak? Undertaker, right? There's, no, no, no. This Luke streak. Gary. He played. He played more games in a row than anyone. Like he never. Like took a day off. Yes, he and, never and, missed a game. He and broke obviously the off season, but you know <laughs> that uh, doesn't count. Yeah. Um, well, it confused me as a kid. I was like, "What was he playing during the off? How did he get this many games?" Like, <laughs> you would think that. Yeah. For all of this home run chase, though, uh, in case you were curious, the Cardinals finished third in the NL Central, and their division rival, the Cubs, finished second and wild card. And would be swept by Atlanta in the NLDS. <laughs> so, sorry, Sammy. Welcome to the Cubs reality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the impact of this, like we said, was wider than just baseball for a brief period of time. But it really, Quinn, the reason I have such a fondness for it is because it was so exciting and it felt like summer to a kid. Yeah, it was really good. It just felt like something to get invested. I mean, it was all over the news. It was parodied on Saturday Night Live. It was something like, you know, you'd screw around outside. And then you come in and you watch this thing go on. And, yeah. you know, it, I, I always liked how it was like meteoric. Like it kind of was happening yes. like slowly yes. throughout the whole summer. Yeah. Right. And then it, it crescendoed in the Fox where we got the game. Right. <laughs> it's, it's on, baby. Like national. It's we everywhere. Got the scoop. Yeah. We, we got the hot scoop here. And everyone, everyone gather around your TVs. Like everyone was there. Like, But it couldn't have been yeah. written better than right. that. Right. Yeah. Fox gets the primetime national game. Who wasn't are- watching this crap? I don't right? know, man. It was no. like everyone was watching that game. Non-baseball fans is probably about it, right? Yeah. And, but I even bet a lot of non-baseball fans were watching. And it was on the news. It was on yeah. every... It wasn't just ESPN. It was like everything. And I love the fact that McGuire and Sosa were cordial and friendly and joked around. And it it was very good-natured. It, it also, I, I think that spoke to like how he said they weren't really in contention for anything. I guess like, that's a good you point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they weren't... At that point, it's just a friendly like, oh, let's see who can hit the most. True, yeah. Yeah. It was just good for baseball in general. 
it did a lot to revive uh, some of the goodwill, not right. all of it. So baseball regards this season, right, as like saving the league or something. Yeah, that's what right? they say. That's what they, they, they say. Like this, this was it. They, we were we were going to close down Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah. gonna, My just ass. Gonna, we we're just going to give up, and that was going to be it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and all the stadiums. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll sell them to Vince McMahon. I, whatever. <laughs> right. Like we'll just get rid of all of this. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll just close it all down. We'll just because sure. it, it's not doing good anymore. No, these right? guys will find jobs. Right. Obviously, we're being facetious. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's happened before in baseball. Wasn't it like really bad in like at some point in the late 60s or something? Well, there was a strike in 81. Right. That wasn't good. Yeah, was I'm bad. talking. No, but wasn't it like like they couldn't even like sell tickets to Yankee Stadium or some crap? Well, the they, Yankees they, sucked they were, they ass were so bad. When CBS bought them and your friend uh, yeah. Mike Burke, the president of CBS that with the hair. Weird hair guy. The villain hair. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you get bought by a weird corporation, your team doesn't do as good. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they didn't Unless get you're the shit. Mariners with Nintendo, well, that helped them. They, they're good at making games. Remember, they got Ichiro because of that, I think. They, <laughs> I swear it was, like, helpful. He was awesome. Yeah. The, um, the elephant in the room, which Quinn alluded to, was the whole uh, steroid aspect of it. Now, for those of you not aware, anabolic steroids and such are banned in baseball and were banned in baseball right were they now they were officially banned what year I, was it like oh the 80s? I, I don't know probably the 80s 88 yeah, okay. i don't know off the top of my head it was 1991 it wasn't like an extreme testing regiment or anything clearly because people no. were just doing it anyway no and listen we're not here to do whatever you think of steroids if people should take them and it doesn't matter I didn't care as a kid. Nobody cared. In 1998, nobody gave nobody a shit. Nobody cared. I, baseball was just fun as hell. Like, <laughs> it was like, why, why are we going to rain on the parade, right? Right. Now, if you want to take that as one point and say, well, fine, but the steroid users shouldn't have the Hall of Fame eligible, whatever. I'm not going to get involved in that debate. I don't give a shit, to be completely honest. My I, only thing with that... I don't care enough. I'll say my only piece with that is like... I know they like to make a big deal about the Hall of Fame, but ultimately it's just like a plaque in a town that like people only go to to see the Hall of Fame. Well, like I mean, it's not. It, <laughs> you get to give a speech. Neat. Outside. And then then you always forget. Like nobody. Rem- they, they try to bring up the speech and like nobody cares. It's some between innings like we're wasting time thing. You know the best one I, that like, I've ever seen? What? Bob Euchre. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's like stand up yeah. comedy. I signed a very modest $3,000 bonus with the Braves in Milwaukee, which I'm sure a lot of you know. And my old man didn't have that kind of money to put out. <laughs> but the Braves took it. I Look f- it up on YouTube, folks. I just don't care anymore. Like, at first, I was like, all oh, these people shouldn't get in. And then after a while, I was like, but it was really fun. They brought something to baseball. Well, the uh, argu- You know what I mean? The <laughs> argument against, or the argument for them going in and stuff like that is... Well, weren't the pitchers doing steroids too? Yeah, everyone was. Get out of here. And then the counter argument is, well, some people weren't, and it's not fair to them. That's why I don't get involved. I don't know. Wh- whatever. I-, I watch. I want my team to win. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I'm not saying they should. I'm saying that, like, yeah, it was a long time ago. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, like, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but Jose Canseco really uh, stirred the shit on this with his book, yeah. Juiced, which came out in 2005. A Jose Canseco bat. Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. And, of course, Jose Canseco, who knew Mark McGuire, who played with Mark McGuire for many, many years, uh, he said McGuire did the steroids. And McGuire denied and denied and denied. Which was silly because everyone knew. Yeah. And finally, in 2010, he said that he did steroids. Uh, so, I mean, look at him. Yeah. Come on. And Sosa denied and denied and denied. Yeah. All of this, ultimately, 
very interestingly, became somewhat of a moot point. Uh, Maguire, to follow it up here, in 1999, hit 65 home runs, which no one ever mentions because yeah. it wasn't the record. But just to think that two seasons in a row he topped 61, you right. know, mm-hmm. two years in a row. But moot point in the sense that in 2001, only three years after Maguire broke the record, which had stood for 37 years, the San Francisco Giants, uh, Barry Bonds. Who's been kicking around hitting tons of home runs for years anyway. It's yeah. not like It was like normal for him to hit well over 40. He would hit in the 40s, yeah. yeah, yeah. A five-tool player during a period of time. Another player that I, um, I knew the name but never really saw him because he played in the National League, and mm-hmm. I was a Yankee fan, but he had 73 home runs yeah. in 2001. There's a high drive deep in the right center field to the big part of the ball. You know, it was weird because I remember this happening, and I remember not caring. Yeah, because it had only been three years, and it was it was also like after nine eleven, so like it was an odd time for baseball. Right. It also yeah, because <laughs> everyone was big, doing steroids and juiced. That and just Barry Bonds was like insane. Like he he would that just year he, he would just always hit a ton of home runs. It was like if like it felt to me. Like, I didn't follow Barry Bonds, but I knew of him, and I knew that he hit a, a million home runs every season. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay, so, like, eventually he's just going to do it, right? Kind of like how Maguire did it. Yeah, exactly. But Mark Maguire felt like, because I think because of the strike and everything, Joe, he felt out of nowhere for some reason. He did. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, like I always thought it'd be Griffey. Right. But Barry Bonds, on the other hand, he was always hitting a lot of home runs, and everyone yeah. knew who he was. So, like you said, everyone's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't matter, right? It just and Barry Bonds, not a beloved player. Not that McGuire was a beloved player either, mm-hmm. but he was respected. Barry Bonds was not particularly beloved by the media. Well, because the the media, you know, they really they picked on him more than I feel like anybody over steroids, right? Like he definitely yeah. got the he definitely got the brunt, even though all these other guys were doing it. Like they always like were like, see, see. Like, yeah. it was always him. I don't know, like, how fair or unfair that is, whatever, but... That's, again, I, I don't get involved in that. Right, you know exactly. I, mean? I, it's, I just watch the games, but... the but. point, <laughs> all the point is, is that, like like you said, it, it didn't feel as big, as special because he always did that. Yeah, but, and also, it wasn't this, like, 37-year record mm-hmm. that, that previously was a 34-year record from Ruth to Maris. Now it's three years later. Yeah. And it just felt like, didn't we just do this, you yeah. know? For the record, that same year, Sammy Sosa hit 64 home runs. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, these guys were just hitting bombs. Hitting bombs. And then there was, you know, the steroid stuff and the Balco scandal and Major League Baseball with the new drug testing and a lot of guys getting busted for uh, testing positive on certain substances. And the home run total started to settle back down into a realistic level in the 50s, 40s. I feel like, like I said before, 40 felt like, oh, that's good. Yeah, like good job. Yeah. Like A-Rod would hit 57, 52, you know, whatever, stuff like like that. A-Rod wanted that record so bad. You think so? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That guy guy had an ego. Yeah, I I mean, like, I, I think he saw himself... Holding the the season record, the all time like your lifetime. <laughs> he had a record. good shot at the lifetime. Yeah, he did have a good right. Track like, at it. but he he kept <laughs> he but he was the one guy who was like he would always get caught for steroids and he would just always 
wiggle out of it or Couldn't like get it out of his own or, way or, though, or, or like take the suspension he or took a suspension he took a suspension once yeah i mean the, the, he didn't give a shit I like, remember, he like, just keep going like, i remember that one time out of nowhere mid-season is like okay i'm gonna retire now yeah like out of nowhere that was weird <laughs> yeah. yeah and everyone's like really and yeah yeah i'm done yeah. Okay. Just to, yeah. <laughs> it was very like we- out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> he was the only guy that I felt post Bonds was like a threat, right? No, there have been a bunch, but yeah, in terms of like really good players. It's because he had the established, like he'd already hit a ton, so he could break the lifetime record. Who else was up there? Was Vlad Guerrero up there, maybe? Yeah. There was a bunch of, Pujols was up right. there. Yeah. Uh, Pujol. Uh, but anyway, the only person to even top. 60 home runs since 2001 uh, was Aaron Judge last year, 2022. Yeah. Ironically. Now we're fully settled into the like, okay, they they really test you for this shit now. Yeah. So it feels like pure or whatever. There was people like, I remember when that was happening, people saying, oh, this is like, this is the real one or whatever. Because now they test. And incidentally, he hit 62. Right. Which is very funny. But one way or another, this chase specifically sticks with a lot of baseball fans because of i guess the short-term impact of just making it fun and making it exciting during the time yeah it, it was it like we said it was part it it wasn't the only thing that season i think that's why it was so awesome it on top added of to it. it yeah but it was like it was like an interlude in the middle of the, like in the near end middle sort yeah. of like that this i felt like the center of the season right because that was like oh it's time for the home run record now right because right? everything's a record but if you're <laughs> like a, a, a casual pop culture you know participant in 1998 think about the landscape of the time and how many things were hot and popular conan o'brien south park yeah howard stern mm-hmm. springer MTV, right? Wrestling. Wrestling was huge in 98. And baseball. And baseball. And even like basketball, basketball. was cool. Like, yep. I, like I feel like sports in general were awesome. It was just one of those great banner years for like sports and pop culture and everything else. Like music, you know, good mm-hmm. albums came out in 98. And for whatever reason... 1998 that, could be its own topic. It could. 1998 yep. in pop culture was just one, one of those times where... God, you know? This was just an aspect of it, right? The Lewinsky the, the, scandal. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was getting settled. In Clinton the, in got Congress. impeached. Yeah. No, there was all sorts of things yeah. going on. but That was, shit went on forever. Yeah, it was like that, that, I felt like they built that up for like two years. It's a long, long time. Yeah. But so much went on. And this, I guess, just it rode the wave or it was part of the crest of the wave. But it also, uh, 98 was very, very good for uh, baseball attendance. In 1993, the year before the strike... The total attendance across the MLB was 70 million. Mm-hmm. 1994, 50. Now that's because it was shortened. 1995, 50. 1996, 60. 97, 62. 98, back to 70. So they recovered. 99, yeah. 70. Right. So it really did help in a tangible way, not only with That's the, f- the number they care about, the yeah, attendance, the right? Money. Yeah, of course, you know. Cuz you know, as much as TV deals are important, you're making gate money, right? It's like nice that gate. is seriously though, yes, like yes. what you make at the park, that's their bread and butter. Yeah, right? it literally is, yeah. And the TV is part of that. The TV's just an just gravy yeah, on top gravy, of it. It's a yeah. good point on the cake. It's a savory cake. Yes. Gravy on a cake? <laughs> savory cake. Mm. Butter on bread? Butter on bread? Anyway, you know, we didn't talk about this. When you were watching in 98, mm-hmm. did you care who broke the record first? 
I think I, I think I was more Maguire because I felt like Sosa was like late comer. So you weren't go okay because he was like the underdog, right? But I was like my family and just me in general. I felt like invested in Mark Maguire by that point. Like I was yeah. like when Sosa started chasing, I was like, "What is? Wait, what? Who's like, this guy? Who's this guy? Right? Where did he come from? I never heard of him. <laughs> right? Right? I think that was it for me too. I I, I didn't. I didn't like Maguire. I mean, I know I didn't think he was like I mean? he wasn't like my favorite I really baseball. Didn't like I like him. Derek Jeter. Well, I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like, I, I don't. I, but as far as like that was concerned, you wanted Maguire to break it. I was like, I don't know. Maguire was like, it felt like it was his by that point, and Sammy Sosa was like chasing him, right? And I kind of liked it though. It was cool. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't. But you it, wanted Maguire. But to I win. was kind of like. Eh, he's like the original or whatever in this situation, <laughs> right? It's like... But, you know, the guy that really got the shaft in all of this is Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Cause, but then again, I felt like Ken Griffey Jr.'s prize was like, we knew who he was more than anybody. <laughs> we he, already knew he him. He was like an actual star because video games and stuff. He was an actual star. Yeah. Merchandising, he was yeah. everywhere. I right. mean, he was That's why That's why I was like, does Ken Griffey Jr. need this? <laughs> like, really? Like, <laughs> Well... <laughs> You know what's like? I'm, I, I mean, it's a testament to Ken Griffey Jr. that when I watch a baseball game, I'm humming to myself, like that stupid song. Yeah. Oh come on! Oh come on! Yeah, I don't know if I really cared who won. I just wanted the record to get broken. I, I do remember that. I know I wanted it to get broken, despite mm-hmm. it being held by a Yankee. I didn't watch Roger Maris. I didn't give a shit. I, wanted I, I to had see no it. connection right. to that, other than people were like, they were good when yeah. I was young. <laughs> right. Like, I'm sure they were. Uh, I just wanted to see history made right, in my yeah. lifetime as a kid. I had wanted to I think do- that's, yeah, I think that's what we all wanted. We just wanted to see it done so we could say, hey, we saw that, or whatever, the selfish thing. <laughs> you know, but that's what it is, yeah, right? Like, Isn't that why most people will be captivated by it? Right, yeah. Just so they you just want to be part of history. You want to be part of history. And say, I was alive when that happened. Exactly. And I saw that happen. And here's my story about it. But yeah, I mean, what an exciting time. Mm-hmm. I really think it was. And I, wanna- I do think it's, it's the most 90s weird memory that, that the biggest takeaway as far as remembering it is goes is it was on Fox. <laughs> I don't know why that like always stuck well. with me. Joe Buck here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Joe Buck here. We're, we're going to see if he breaks it. It's like, <laughs> and he broke it. Yeah, he did break it. Do you uh, do you think that if that were to happen today, you know, in 2023, would anyone care the way they did in 98, 25 years ago? I wouldn't care as much only because I saw it already. <laughs> I was like, this happened. I guess I, that's I, true. And that's what I wonder is like, was it a bigger deal for people alive, still alive from Mickey Mantle's time? Was this like, Oh. Maybe like, you know, like, what, I mean, like was, maybe they were like older and they didn't follow baseball anymore either. And they're like, oh, I, I don't even know who these people are. They're 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 asking, is Nolan Ryan uh, going to be pitching? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like they're they're asking those questions while they're watching this. <laughs> is Nolan Ryan yeah. going to be pitching? Right. But I'm saying like is Goose Gossage in. <laughs> yeah. But we're now getting old enough where like all the people we grew up with, they're gone. Right, I think they're all gone now. Officially, you mean retired? Retired? You don't mean yeah. dead? No, I mean just not playing baseball. Sure. So, so w- when I watch baseball, and I hate to say it, but I watch it, and I'm like, who are these people? Well, I think part like, of that has to do with being older than the players. Right, that's another aspect. I'm like, who? Who's this but, kid? Yeah, that was born in 2000. Is Derek Jeter coming out? What's going never, on? Never, never again. Where's Mariano Rivera? Isn't Jeter like, like going to be a, a Fox announcer now or something? That's weird. I don't like that. <laughs> Remember, A Rod did it for ESPN. He should, he should be on the field. <laughs> no, in, in my in my mind, and I, I think that's again. I think that's how people feel as, as they age with baseball. 
<laughs> is that you grow you grow up with a set of players that play for like twenty years, like all your life, and then they're gone, and you you don't know what to do. You have but, to get used to the new ones. It's yeah. hard sometimes. It really is. Anyway, folks, as we pontificate on baseball here, we don't know when we'll talk about baseball again, yeah. so but allow us the leeway. What we do want to do is hear from you guys. Were you watching baseball? Have you ever watched baseball? If you <laughs> Have you ever watched baseball? <laughs> if you have and you were watching in 1998, let us know what your thoughts are on Sosa, on McGuire. Do you care about steroids or not? You know, like I said, I don't know the ins and outs. I don't it doesn't affect me as a viewer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not on the Hall of Fame committee. Yeah. So really, it doesn't matter what I think. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I think. It was good. I think- so, so they should um, say, like, that was good. Yes, like, I think so. <laughs> and folks, we and hope- it revitalized baseball. It did. It yeah. did help. They can't argue with the numbers in that sense. The numbers don't lie. I think it did that's help. Why, they, why they're always, like, wishy-washy on it, because they know, like, there's people who remember this and we can make money off it's that. It's their like, ass. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hell of a season across the league. Yeah. On, across both leagues. Folks, we hope you think that we knocked it out of the park on this one. Yeah. Uh, so please be sure to follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join our Facebook group. Be part of the discussion about the old crap. And this is 25 years ago. This is a long time now, Quinn. It scares me that it's that long. Quarter of a century, Michael what Quinn. Is, what is... What is time? What is time? Yeah. I don't know, folks, but I do know that in one week's time, we will be back for something completely different. Don't you worry. Until that time, be sure to follow us like we said. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or your app of choice. But until next time, this is Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. Strike three. We're out of here. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week.